Welcome to Building the Fire, Kim Lupa. My name's Jessica Schacht. And I'm Kim Sankla Parvi. And we're here with a couple of more guests. We've got some of our fire holders and tenders and extinguishers. Many roles for two women, Indigenous matriarchs. Yeah, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, I'm Samantha Brown. <laughs> and? Hello, I am Caitlin Yacht. Oh, are we using these voices now for this episode? Is that what's happening? Time for podcast voice. Yeah. Welcome. Oh, man. I don't think I have a podcast voice. I think my voice is around 13-year-old boy. Like, 13-year-old prepubescent boy. Well, you've got a 13-year-old girl next to you, right. so, you know, you're The Degrassi okay. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Degrassi, but indigenous. <laughs> oh, that's a oh, show I yeah. would watch. CBC, if you're listening. Yeah. We've got a pitch uh, we're for here. you. We're ready. <laughs> we're here for this. That's always what I said. I said uh, Heartland should have had more native people on it, and Arctic Air should have had more settlers on it. Mm-hmm. Because I think indigenous people as ranchers are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. CBC, don't take that idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, we wanted to check in. We know that we've been a little bit away for a while, but we've been in the midst of... Uh, finalizing the script, creating the ceremony. We're just finishing tech. We had our first dress last night. And uh, as most people can tell in a production, we were really tired. (laughs) Yeah, we've been doing, I guess, what, 10 and a half hour days uh, over the course of 11 and a half hours. So we've been working from noon to 11.30 uh, with dinner breaks and stuff in there, of course, but pretty long days and uh, lots of elements as we bring in uh, the costumes, we've got projections, we've got lighting, we've got sound, and uh, working all of those elements into the work that we've been doing over the last uh, three weeks, I guess. Or, yeah. yeah, and I wanted to make sure that uh, we were letting the actors and the fire igniters and holders and extinguishers have time to to make sure that they were resting and, and, and as we sit in the now wellness room. Yes. The wellness table got an upgrade. Upgrade. (laughs) We're in a wellness room, but um, let's get to our lovely guest here today. I think we're going to start with Samantha Brown. Uh, Sam, did you want to tell us uh, where you're from? Um, Maybe your background in Indigenous theatre and in Canadian theatre, how you came to storytelling, and then how... um, It's been kind of interesting for me, anyways, is hearing how people came to the show and what brought them to the show and what keeps them here. So, yeah. Hi, Sam. Hi. (laughs) Um, so I'm from Onaping, Ontario, which is a northern community about an hour uh, north of Sudbury. Um, I started off my acting journey when I was in high school. I went to the Performing Arts High School in mm-hmm. Sudbury. Um, so that was a commute to get from my small little town to my high school. Um, And then from there, I decided to pursue post-secondary, and I went to York University. And while I was there, I learned about theater and learned how to do things, acting things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And from there, um, I was actually introduced to the NAC Repast program. Um, And while I was there was heavily immersed into Indigenous theatre, um, something that was really lacking in um, my schooling. Um, and so we were building a canon of Indigenous work and seeing how um, how we get... Um, how we get that kind of information to a broader mm. audience um, so that students like myself aren't without um, tools, aren't without being immersed in. Um, And so that was one of the 
one of the starting points right. for um, me being into the community. Um, and then from there, built relationships, um, started working with a bunch of different people. Um, and yeah, it's been ongoing since. And yeah, you've been working steadily since you finished York. Yeah, pretty steady, I would yeah. say. I've been pretty fortunate that way, and I love collaborating, and so I also always jump on board new readings, new work. That's why I was really intrigued by Kamloopa, so uh, getting on board new work and also hearing that it was predominantly female, that it was predominantly Indigenous, basically mostly, I was like, okay, this has not been done before. It's it's more often that Indigenous women are clamoring over top of each other for roles, which is it it isn't productive and and it it causes a lot of tension in the community and I mean I guess there's a lot of tension in Canadian theater uh, as far as female roles in general yeah um and then on top of that you add a race and on top of that you add a culture and on top of that you add and add and add and then it seems like the roles are fewer and farther between yeah so was there something about Kalana which is the the eldest sister that really attracted to you about coming up to this role something either different than what you played or a challenge because I know you like you were like you're such a strong woman who really I think appreciates challenge and, and is quite rigorous with your approach and training um which is something I wanted to give everyone on this show is that I wanted to challenge us all to show everyone what we can do but was there something uh, that you really loved about Kalana, where you're like, I'm excited to get to do that, or some aspect of her? Oh, yeah. Um, the older sister role, because I am an older sister, um, it uh, it was kind of refreshing to be like, oh, I get to be the older sister, and that also she wasn't so serious, um, that she did have a fun side to her, because it's so often that I play the serious role, right. or like the strong woman, um, and so it was nice to be like the funny girl who's also strong, who's also this, who's also that. It was it was very three dimensional the yeah. character, and it wasn't just simple as she's a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. She's has a strong demeanor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's really great. Um, I'm gonna switch over to Caitlin, and then maybe we can talk a bit about the process. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little about well, yeah. how you came to be here? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in White Rock, BC on the territory of the Semiamu people. And uh, then I went to university in North Van on Coast Salish territory. And I studied musical theater. And so that was my first love. It was my first introduction to... Uh, to performance. I love to sing, I love to dance, I love to act, and so I decided to take musical theater to grow that skill set. And But I've always had such a passion and a love for straight theater and storytelling. Uh, I went to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and that was what made me decide that I fully wanted to be an actor. Um, and then I, when I was in school, I had no connection or any resources to Indigenous theater. I didn't know it was a thing, which is so crazy because Vancouver is rich with Indigenous theater and there's always so much going on. And to know that at one point in my life, I had no idea that any of it was here is yeah. so crazy. So I had offhandedly mentioned to one of my teachers that I was Haida. And then through that, they kind of, they found this e-drive 
uh, email for Corey Payette's Children of God, the workshop in Kamloops. And so they sent it over to me and I submitted, but then something happened and I wasn't able to do it. And so Corey said, can I keep your headshot and resume on file so that if anything else comes up, then we will see you for that. And I said, yes. Then a few months later, they were like, we're doing a reading for a little show called Les Filles du Roi. And that was where my journey began. And then through Les Filles du Roi, I was cast in Children of God in the premiere. Then I met fabulous Kimari and Jess. Yeah. Yay! Yo! <laughs> Elizabeth and Juana for life! For life! Oh man, she is <laughs> fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was where that all began. So my journey to reclaiming my identity as well as reclaiming my presence within the Indigenous theatre community kind of is has happened and is happening simultaneously. Yeah. So uh, although it's, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of learning, it's a lot of, I have to find a lot of humility and a lot of courage as I continue to figure out where where I am within all of this and where I can participate and when to listen and when to take action and when to do all of those things. But I feel extremely honored that it was through my passion for performing that I've been able to kind of reunite with myself. Yeah. Kevin always calls it like it's a calling. Mm-hmm. Like when, when for, especially for Indigenous uh, actors that, that were kind of called to the work. Uh, and it's pretty, it's intense and, and, it, and it is competitive in a way that, that you, it's really, uh, it takes stamina and rigor to maintain and that journey is a lifelong one. Um, this work is not easy. This work is not uh, straight theater. It's very much a part of who we are and our spirits. And I do want to take the time to honor that these two and Yolanda have really, really leaned into, the, you know, as we look at the grandmother teachings, mm-hmm. love and courage and humility and wisdom and, and so much respect and truth. It's um, It's been quite overwhelming. Um, how is Micaiah? Uh, interested you? How do you? What do you like about Micaiah, which is the role that she plays, the younger sister to Sam Brown's Kalana? Well, funnily enough, I'm a younger sister, so <laughs> I did not know that when I casted them. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely know um, how to fill that role <laughs> well, and how to be annoying. But I'm the youngest of three, yeah. so I hear you. It's just you gotta you gotta be louder so that you. Can- <laughs> That's it, everyone. You gotta be louder. You gotta be louder. It's a whole other human there. You just gotta like barrel past them. Um, no, uh, I, I love Micaiah. Oh my goodness, she is just she's so many things, and that's what kind of intrigues me. It's what what simultaneously scares me and intrigues me. But mm. I think that when you're scared, like that, that's a good feeling. We've been talking about how anxiety is a really like important message that's being told to us it's being communicated within our bodies that something really important is happening and so that's where I live with her but I love it because again you know they're three-dimensional women they are complex literally traveling through yeah three different worlds (laughs) but they are complex they are complicated but that's who we are and I think it's such an incredible chance to use our own humanity within the process and I think that it's such an honor to be able to play someone who is so many things because I myself am so many things I remember like I'm 
I'm young and so I've been trying to navigate like what it is to be a person like I think it's just something that we work on all the time and so it's really amazing that I get to exercise that as well uh, figuring out all of what Micaiah is and then kind of figuring out all of what I am because we aren't just one thing we are so many different things and so it's a challenge but I I'm loving it because I am stronger and I am better and I am more driven for knowing Micaiah and being able to play her and I just know that she is helping me grow and I'm helping her grow and I just yeah that's really really lovely to hear yeah I think just you know there's something about um trying to really overcome this scarcity mindset that is oppressed upon us. Um, we know that there's a shortage of resources or that, you know, we, that things are limited. There can, is only so much of one thing. And it's really um, important and wonderful to be working on a process where it's about discovering it from within, that we do have enough resources within us and within each other to come together and really create something um, so valuable yeah um to take a little bit of a pivot because I think that's one thing too that I was really cognizant of these roles is that I wanted these women to pivot hard and fast and often because I feel like that's what indigenous women do all of the time in our lives we're caretakers we're champions we're advocates we're protectors we're nesters we're creators and I wanted to create paths for these three women that allowed that but I also knew that we'd have to create a system of creating the ceremony that was unique and different and a little bit, um, well, deeply indigenous. So I'm wondering, Sam, did you want to speak to maybe about how this process has impacted the way that you work, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Like if there are things that you were like this, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little teaser um, around how it's been for you because I think too it's important for people to know that this is not a perfect process that this is an investigation um, where we're asking questions and trying to be as nimble as we can but yeah do you want to share with people how it's been for you so far yeah um, I think the challenges of indigenous theater is that it is so deeply personal it's really hard to disconnect Um, When you invest in these roles, it's also you're looking within yourself, you're looking within what you know. Um, And sometimes we don't know. And sometimes um, the learning happens through the work, which has been very valuable for me and my journey um, as an Indigenous person and also a European person as well. so and and knowing where those two um cross and where they collaborate and also not having shame for my white side not having shame for my indigenous side not having um any kind of it's it's you almost have to put that to rest and put that to bed in a way um when you approach the work because if you let it get too personal, it can it can be damaging instead of rewarding. Um, so I try to look at it as um, more building blocks and more tools like instant forgiveness. Oh, I'm, I, I didn't know that, now I do. Awesome, amazing. Yeah. Now I can move forward knowing those things. Now I can move forward and be less ignorant and teach myself those things so that it's not on the onus of the show. It's not on the onus of the art anymore. It's on the onus of me. I didn't know that, so now I'm going to be proactive. Yeah. Um, so 
I'm now at a place where it's, there's still a lot of learning, but it's less like, oh shit, I didn't know that. I, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. It's, it's less about that. And it's more about, oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Cool. I'm just going to put that in my tool belt. I'm going to keep propelling forward and also just becoming more secure in my culture and all of those things. And that's what the beauty is of the roles. That's what the beauty is of this work and also the challenges. Mm. Um, So I think that that's where I'm coming from in this journey. Um, I came with a certain level of understanding and I'm still learning too. Which I thought, you know, sometimes you come into things and you're like, oh yeah, I got this. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, that's new. That's different. How can I, where do I fit in, in there? What do, because we are embodying different nations. I don't know much about silk women. I don't. I know about being an Ishnabe. Um, and so I'm trying to take those teachings of what I know about being Nish and then taking new lessons on about the territories that mm. we're taking on and also entering it with a deep respect of embodying a different territory because it can't be pan-indigenous. Nothing can be pan-indigenous. Um, and those are the things that we're trying to dismantle of just because I'm indigenous does not mean that I know about this nation mm-hmm. does not automatically mean that I know how to speak Cree <laughs> doesn't know that like I don't know every language every language is different and that's what I loved about the indigenous sign language in this show and how we can cross communicate and I feel like that's what we're doing with theater we are cross communicating all of our different experiences all of our different nations all of our different teachings and yeah, that's just the beauty of this work yeah. that we get to we get to share with each other. And and I think that's more important. What's more important is that we get to teach each other different yeah. things because we are coming from very different backgrounds yeah. every single time. Absolutely. We have a bunch of nations in the room. Also, it sounds like there's a dinosaur upstairs. Yeah. What's happening above the wellness room? Thank you, Sam. <laughs> and I really want to honor what she's saying there and just reiterate that I think that's one thing that we really try to do off the top as well as to say that uh, in Canadian theatre, I don't know how much detailed work has been on the approach of actually honouring what it means to play a different nation and a different Indigenous woman. They are different nations. It's not just playing a Native woman. And I feel like Canadian theatre has written a lot of when it goes in the prescription of uh, this character. It's like, Sally, a Native woman. From where? What is her background? What are her protocols? What are her ceremony? What is the land and form who she is that I think Indigenous theatre is being the rigor of providing the example of what writing should be, that you can't just write a play and have, unquote, Native person. To me, that's just lazy. (laughs) You know? There's a lot of work that has to be done when we introduce the idea of having like First Nations, Métis, or Inuit characters in shows. And I think that people grossly underestimate how much you have to invest within that because, um, yeah, I think we, there, there is kind of like an idea of, uh, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that, you know, everyone has 
a different relationship to their identity as well. That's something that I think needs to be brought up more within a process Mm -hmm. of Indigenous theatre of just what I really loved was that on day one we got to fully kind of presence ourselves and presence like how attached we are to our culture or how systemically removed we have been from our culture because based on how I grew up like I wasn't given my culture I didn't have that privilege of growing up knowing who I am and that's been why I've been trepidatious in general of approaching indigenous theater is because I kind of thought oh I don't know like do I belong here is Mm. this like but it is my birthright to be who I am and it's okay to not know certain things it's okay as long as you have the humility to understand where you are and um to take that time to listen and learn when you don't know something I think it's just we all need to be given the space to do that right because yeah and we need more stories more of these stories for people to see themselves in it for people to see the breadth of it all and and so yeah I think um we're we're being summoned back into hi Maddie Um, but yeah, we, we just need, you know, more stories, more opportunity and, uh, for, yeah, for people to see. I think Kaylin, you bring up a a really great point and Sam too, around this idea of, of the responsibilities and the work and the, um, the time it takes to really honor what it means to create indigenous stories, especially in this era of being displaced from our land, being positioned away from our culture and what that exactly means. And I think it's really important. And I think it's a conversation that settlers and indigenous theater makers need to be having more. It was a very conscious decision for me to say and understand before we even got into the room, where, where is everyone positioned to their understanding of their own indigeneity? Because I knew that we needed people who were very close and did have the privilege um, of, of growing up and, and really knowing who they were, but also that we needed to curate the room to have people who were not positioned that way. But to not ask that question, I think, is really dangerous. It's really damaging. It can cause more lateral violence. It can cause a weird indigenous hierarchy of I'm more native than you which is kind of what this show is about that we're trying to tackle here that to me colonial and systemic and patriarchal oppression is creating more violence against what it means to be indigenous and for us to subservient to um, invert sorry what that actual relationship is is to say we're okay we're going to acknowledge that colonization hit some of us really hard hit all of us really hard but also honor where are we all right now with our own relationship and not just dive into the work and assume all of our relationships to our indigeneity is healthy and lovely and awesome mm-hmm. and full but that it's complicated and that it has a different um, positions of relationship to language to dancing to spirituality to protocol to family and that I think when anyone picks up or has the idea of doing indigenous theater, that they thoughtfully and rigorously think, how am I going to handle this in the room? How, what is the research, what is the work that I have done before I put a bunch of indigenous people in the room to say, what is everyone's relationship to it? Which is why we have the wellness room, because I know we get triggered. I know there are moments when you're like, F this shit. I'm pissed that I don't know my language. I'm so angry that I don't know X, Z, and Y, but I'm also so joyous that I got to do this. And that for me, it was really conscious that I 
did as much as I could to create a space for everyone to know that we were going to run into those things. And mm-hmm. I craved that in other parts of the work that we, the industry, the sector. If I can say one more thing. Uh, a teaching course. that I've really loved is um, I, did, I did my first sweat recently, which was incredibly special. It was such a wonderful experience. Um, but when I was there, the elder said, uh, I can only do one round because, like, I have low blood pressure. It's, like, it's a whole thing. Like, my ancestors were there, but I was like, I'm so hot! <laughs> What's happening? So then I went out, and, and I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a, I'm a bad Native person. I can't go back in. And I was so upset. I was like, I am so sorry. I can't go back in. But the elder was so gracious and just said, you know, in, in a sweat ceremony, there are different roles. So perhaps this time, your, your role is to tend the fire where we heat the rocks. So that's your job for today. Oh my gosh. And when you're brave enough to go and go back in, or when you're prepared, or when, you've, when, you, can, when you are able to, then your role will be to go in and to experience. And then one day, a long time from now, you will be leading the ceremony. It's like, we need to have all of these different roles. Like, one can't exist without the other. And that's why I think that this lateral violence, we need to figure this out because we're all important and we all have a different role and I might have a different role right now, but I know that eventually one day I want to be a leader, but I have to be given that space to tend to the fire and then build that relationship and build and build and build, then go to the sweat, then experience the sweat, then have more teachings and learn more and then eventually lead one. So when we create that space, it'll only benefit us and it'll only make us more united and stronger yeah stronger well on that note i think we need to go tend our own fire get back into rehearsal yeah before we go we've got our first preview tonight any thoughts ladies you guys excited where you feeling this is my game this is my athletic background the interview so athlete how's it going you guys prepare for the game you guys how's it been you prepped uh, you know i think i'm uh i think i'm doing real well (laughs) i think i'm okay yeah, you know why? Uh, uh, you know why? Uh, I just, uh, you know, I think I think we positioned ourselves really well, and I, uh, got my shoes I think, ready. yeah, got my shoes ready, and uh, I got lines. all my costumes are preset, got my got my lines, and uh, and some of my, yeah, and we're just gonna do it. We're pass the puck and shoot the net. Like, do they even say anything in those sports interviews? No, in a way, they're just out no. of breath. <laughs> I'm, I, uh, I'm I don't so know. Excited. I just played the game. And to President Indigenous Women, Marco Kane's coming tonight. And so for, for our first preview, what a lovely, what a lovely gift the world has given us that she's coming in to see it. So yeah, Jess, how can people contact us? Yes, if you want to ask us questions or thoughts or comments, please get in touch with us. We are doing this uh, podcast through the Anchor app. You can download the app yourself, record yourself, and then we can hear it and possibly play it on the podcast. Um, so. You can get in touch with us that way. You can also check out kimsenclipharvey.com for uh, Kim's blog, which has lots of great resources and articles and thoughts zine. and ideas. There's a zine coming soon. Woo-hoo! Shout out to Kimmy Clark, who is uh, making our study guide, which will be in the form of a zine. So that's going to be dropping soon. Yeah. Get educated. World premiere Saturday. Um, world premiere on Saturday. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. everyone. Thank you. From our Bye-bye. ancestors to yours. And thank you, Sam and Caitlin, for sharing your bravery and honesty and courage uh, here with us and on the in the long watch so. yeah let's get out on the field and get it done <laughs> <laughs>